read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views. Welcome to News and Views. I'm your host, Rob Schofield. You don't have to be a news hound to have understood that 2023 was yet another big year for stories related to the environment, and in particular, the seemingly countless ways in which human well-being was and continues to be endangered by pollution. Here in North Carolina, NC Newsline environmental investigative reporter Lisa Sorg filed scores of stories documenting this hard reality, and recently she and I sat down to discuss some of them, including the recent decision of the federal EPA to limit imports of the toxic forever chemical, Gen X, continued concerns about a new natural gas pipeline that's proposed for parts of central North Carolina, the advances and setbacks of the environmental justice movement, and how the 2024 elections will likely impact state environmental policy. Well, Lisa Sorg, welcome back to News and Views. Happy New Year. Good to have you back with us. Happy New Year, Rob. Glad to be here. Oh, my goodness. So many stories in the environment, so many absolutely critical issues. There's no way to cover them all, but let's hit on a few of them. And one of the ones you've ended up playing an important watchdog role on involves the chemical Gen X and more generically, the topic of PFOS, which are these remarkably problematic chemicals that are sometimes referred to as forever chemicals that are finding their way into so many parts of our environment. Looks like at least we had some small and important action on the importation of Gen X into the country, right? That's correct. So what had happened was over the summer and into the fall, the EPA had authorized Comores, which is in North Carolina near the Bladen Cumberland County line, had authorized Comores to import Gen X wastewater from its sister facility in Dordrecht, Netherlands. So they were basically going to import this toxic chemical. The release of that chemical in North Carolina has been a huge problem, but this is to bring even more of it into the state. Yeah, Gen X is in (laughs) drinking water wells. It's polluted the and contaminated the drinking water for hundreds of thousands of people in southeastern North Carolina, from Wilmington all the way to Fayetteville and even private drinking water wells as far out as 23 miles from the plant. I mean, it's crazy. So in its infinite wisdom, the EPA decided that they would approve this import of more Gen X into the state, ostensibly to be recycled, but we don't know that for sure. But anyway, once people got wind of that and how I heard about it was through a Dutch journalist who had called me or emailed me and said, hey, this is happening. So once everybody found out about it, the public was outraged. Elected officials, including Congress people, were outraged. Governor Cooper was outraged. There were letters written. And finally, in early November, the EPA, in its infinite wisdom, (laughs) decided to withdraw that authorization. So at least for the time being, No legal imports of Gen X are coming from the Netherlands into North Carolina, but one has to wonder what was going through the EPA's mind. We should say that everybody found out because of the reporting you did, that uh, breaking it on NC Newsline. But Gen X is, of course, far from the only chemical of that family that is causing problems in our state. And and that's going to be an issue for a long time, right? One that we're really going to have to grapple with. Right. There are 15,000 types of PFOS, perfluorinated compounds. They're linked to myriad health problems, several types of cancer and reproductive issues and thyroid disorders and high cholesterol and obesity and liver problems. 
and supposedly the EPA is going to come out soon with some, you know, hard and fast drinking water standards. We're still waiting for those, but that will not be for all 15,000. It'll be for four to six, but at least then we will know what will be regulated and what will not be. But when we say we're going to be with these chemicals for a long time, there's a reason they're called forever chemicals. Not only do they last in the environment forever, but we're going to be dealing with them forever. And frankly, if if, if other uh, environmental regulations are any indication, it's not a sure thing that members of Congress won't still push back against with industry uh, backing maybe against some of these regulations when they do come down. So it'll probably be a flog and a long-term battle. Yeah. Another important North Carolina pollution story or potential pollution story involves a, a giant natural gas pipeline that we at one point had the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. That seems to have gone away. But now we have something often referred to as the MVP Southgate Pipeline that would bring, as I understand it, fracked natural gas from, is it West Virginia all the way to North Carolina? That's and, correct. Uh, MVP does not stand for most valuable player. <laughs> <laughs> it stands for Mountain Valley Pipeline. And the right. Southgate project is an extension of the main line. The main line goes from West Virginia. It travels through very sensitive terrain, mountainous terrain in Virginia, then enters North Carolina as the Southgate project in uh, Eden in Rockingham County. And it's going to disrupt and permanently damage wetlands and streams and drinking water supplies, uh, it will undoubtedly, it will require the taking of private property, which gas companies are allowed to do by state law because lawmakers changed the law to allow out-of-state energy companies to seize property, private property by eminent domain for these projects. So FERC, which is, they are the federal regulatory body that oversees the pipelines, at least in this particular aspect of them, they recently approved an extension of time for them to finish the pipeline. Now they have until 2026, and I expect there to be legal challenges, but if the path is clear, the construction on this pipeline could begin next year. As I understand, it's not bringing natural gas to the people of northern North Carolina for their use, right? Is it just to be brought here to be processed? Do they have gas plans clarified yet? Not really. I mean, it's going to connect with another pipeline, but all these, the Transco and the MVP and all of this is is interconnected. So you can't ever really be sure where your gas is coming from. (laughs) But it's not like I can tap into the pipeline. That, That A, doesn't happen, and B, it would cost millions of dollars. So it's not this panacea for natural gas supply. And there's no evidence that we're lacking in natural gas in North Carolina, especially in the Western part where this pipeline would go through. Something we'll obviously be watching closely in the new year. We're talking with Lisa Sorg, environmental investigative reporter for NC Newsline about just a handful of the myriad stories she covered in 2023. Another one has to do with the topic of environmental justice and, um, action by Governor Cooper, actually, in this realm. This is an area, really, that's been in which North Carolina advocates have really kind of been on the front lines of making the argument that this is an important aspect of environmental policy debate, really, for decades. And maybe there's at least a little bit of headway that's worth reporting on on this front in 2023. Right. So the governor recently, as in November, enacted 
Executive Order 292, which is called Advancing Environmental Justice for North Carolina. Environmental justice basically means that there are certain communities, largely non-white and low-income, that bear the disproportionate burden of pollution sources. This is not an accident. This just didn't happen out of nowhere. Uh, Polluting industries choose these communities because they don't have the social, political, or financial capital to fight them. This is why you don't see giant landfills near country clubs. Or giant so, hog farms in the middle of Raleigh or something. Yeah, like. <laughs> you don't have a hog farm in Pinehurst. There's a reason for that. So this is a huge deal for the Biden administration. They're very focused on environmental justice. So the governor has basically enacted this executive order, which tells cabinet agencies to do a number of things, to make sure that the incentives that we give economically, you know, don't, for example, add to the disproportionate burden, although there's nothing legally that prevents that from happening. They're just supposed to analyze it. So the good part of this is that there is more focus, more attention to environmental justice in North Carolina at the very top levels of government. I would argue that so far there's not, if you ask the residents of Gaston or Hamlet or even Greensboro or Rose Hill or Goldsboro, if environmental justice initiatives in North Carolina, such as the existing advisory board, have helped their lives, have improved their environmental situation, I would venture to say they would answer no. There was an environmental justice and equity advisory board that was in place from 2018 until the executive order. Good-hearted people, very sympathetic and and scientifically astute, but it's an advisory board, and they didn't have a lot of power. So not a lot got done in a very concrete way. And I think the fear is that for all the good, good intentions, this new advisory council that comes out of the executive order will have the same non-effect. Is there someone out there who has the guts to say, you know what, we're going to not have this particular development in our community, even though it might create some jobs or something. That's that's really where the rubber meets the road. And that's a tough, tough decision for politicians to, to embrace, right? Yes. I mean, it has happened a couple of times. For example, in Yadkin County, the local government there said, no, we don't want a mine 500 feet from a school. There was a methyl bromide neurotoxin right. log fumigation facility that was going to start up in Delco in Columbus County and enough public outrage stopped that. So it's not that it never happens, but really the regulations are on the polluter side. We're coming to the end of our time with Lisa Sorg, NC Newsline environmental investigative reporter, just taking a look at a handful of the cases and stories that she covered in 2023. But as we look forward to 2024, Lisa, Boy, this is going to be a big election year. We have races up and down the ballot from the national level to the local level in North Carolina, incredibly important. And it's fair to say that the people who are in charge of our government in North Carolina will have a lot of say as to whether North Carolina pursues an aggressive response to the environmental crises that we confront in our state or whether it's going to be more of the sort of just put that off till tomorrow, things like the climate emergency that we face and so many PFAS, toxics. Talk to us about some of your thoughts on what's going to happen in 2024. Well, as you said, 2024 is a pivotal election year, up and down the ballot. What concerns environmental advocates is that 
if the conservatives already have a veto-proof majority in the state legislature, if more anti-regulation, anti-environment people are elected, this will be a flashback to the McCrory era. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who lived in North Carolina then, you'll remember that during the Governor McCrory administration, there was not an environmental law that was safe. There were multiple attempts to neuter the law, to put in untested technologies. You might remember the solar bee fiasco <laughs> where you were going to basically put eggs in up the water. lake, yes, to get rid of, you know, the algae. So I think the fear is that if people get elected who aren't concerned about the environment, who are climate deniers even, then we're in for a rough road environmentally in North Carolina. And of course, even as it things presently stand, it would appear that the Department of Environmental Quality continues to struggle with inadequate staffing, right? I mean, the budgets that we've seen from the general, maybe some small bumps this year in 2023, but still an awful lot of unmet needs there when it comes to environmental protection. Oh, right. There are too few inspectors. There are too few air and groundwater monitors. There's too little transparency. And there's not enough money for DEQ to do their job. In particular, we're a very fast-growing state. There's a lot of development. So it's not like we're in stasis where nothing's happening. There's a lot of environmental issues happening. It's like a game of whack-a-mole, and we have nothing to really fight with. And I guess as a final point, we seem to have dodged a bullet in 2023 when it came to major hurricanes, but with the continued progress of climate change, rising seas, warming seas, that's probably not a, a bullet we're going to dodge a lot in the coming years. No, and it's not just rising seas. We had effects of climate change this year with the wildfires in the West. Huge fires burned thousands upon thousands of acres. A severe drought, which we're still in, in the western part of the state, and abnormally dry even in the eastern part of the state. So when we think of rising seas and we think of climate change, we often think of hurricanes, but that is not the only aspect. The drought this year was severe. It affects agriculture. It affects groundwater. It affects drinking water. It affects cooling ponds for nuclear plants if you run low on water. So, yes, climate change will continue unabated, and that means the problems will also continue unabated unless we can think of a way to be more resilient and adaptive to the changing world. One thing North Carolina will definitely have in 2024 is Lisa Sorg's continued non-parel reporting on this subject. Lisa, thanks so much for all your hard work in 2023, and we look forward to reading your stories, even the ones that aren't very encouraging in 2024, so we'll at least know what's going on. Thank you, Rob. Looking forward to it. Coming up next, a two-part conversation about some of the top stories in 2023 from North Carolina's systems of criminal and civil justice. Don't go away. <laughs> 